0: Welcome to Stuck in the 80s, it's our brand new podcast on TampaBay.com. I'm Gina Vivanetto, columnist for TBT.
1: Hi, and I'm Steve Spears, the online news editor for SPTimes.com.
0: Um, what are we going to talk about today,
1: Steve? We <laughs> <laughs> uh, should probably first tell you that we both grew up in the 80s here in uh, Pinellas County, so we're truly creatures of the decade. And um, Class of
0: 89, I am. What are you,
1: 85. Just had our 20-year reunion two weeks ago, actually, and uh, which actually leads us into... Uh, today's topic because the unofficial class song for our uh, for Countryside 1985 seniors was Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds which we all know came from the greatest 80's movie ever Don't you
0: about me? Also I should mention in my uh, a bunch of my friends, we were all the real, real freaky, freaky kids. Well, there were a lot of freaky kids at Gib- Gibbs High School in the 80s because we had the great art program there. But a lot of us posed for a big, big picture together. And we did run that um, really cool blurb from Changes by Bowie that they run at the beginning oh, of yeah, the Breakfast Club. From, uh yeah, but um, from Changes, you know, these children that you spit on as they try to change their world. And we we all posed together in our yearbook, had a really cool black and white picture and ran that that um, that lyric from Changes. And we're going to talk about The Breakfast Club today, which was such a pivotal, important, great movie if you grew up in the 1980s. And is still uh, a really great movie today and holds up against time.
1: That movie is now officially 20 years old. Same as my diploma, <laughs> believe it or not. It's in much better condition, though. The uh, when was the last time you saw it?
0: Um, I just bought it on DVD a couple months ago I haven't yet played it again but I haven't seen it in many many years but I can you know like like so many people our age and younger I can you know recite the lines along with everybody I've seen it so many times dozens and dozens of times and um, had such an impact on me when I was a teenager and um, probably with a lot of teenagers and, and you know people of all ages, obviously. But actually, we were Steve and I were discussing how um, the movie the movie has a great great impact on, any, on anybody who's young and feels kind of alienated and, and strange. But we were discussing how strange it is that that back then the stereotypes worked really really well, but we weren't sure what it's like for young people today to watch it because because things are so different now with people being able to. Um, surf kind of in and out of social groups a lot better now than, than it used to be. People Things were so much more rigidly defined in the 80s and certainly um, in, in generations and decades before that when you really did have, you know, the the prep and the jock and the, and the geek and the you, know, the, you know, the prissy type girl and the misfit. But nowadays we were like saying how with, with you know, jocks who are kind of, jocks who have tattoos and who wear yeah. nose rings and things like that and have green hair and listen to, it's you know,
1: they're all freaks now. <laughs> yeah,
0: everybody's a freak now. And everybody kind of has, you know, because of movies like that, I think, you know, I mean, I think movies like The Breakfast Club and um, and other things that happen socially and in pop culture with MTV that we've kind of realized that everybody inside is a lot more alike than we all recognized before these kinds of things happen.
1: I, I hope that kids, they don't, don't, don't truly, I mean, I hope they look at that movie now and, and, and see it purely as comedy because I know when I saw it, I was kind of freaked because I'm like... This is a little hitting a little too close to home, you know, on the themes. But yeah, we, I was I was surfing the internet the other day actually, and it came up with a um, uh, this list of five things you would never that would not happen today that happened in that movie. And I, one of the funniest things I thought was um, you'll never see five kids unsupervised in a library for an entire day. No way. Today. <laughs> no
0: way. Good point. So no way. So yeah. we're here to
1: hit you with some of the trivia from the movie today. We'll make this a little interactive. Um,
0: uh, yeah, we d- we, go ahead. we searched around. We found a lot of interesting things. That some stuff that we knew, and some stuff that we didn't know We didn't know. So we're gonna um, we're gonna. You want to start, Steve? Ask ask some things.
1: Um. Okay. I'll give you one. Uh, which movie uh, came out first, uh, Sixteen Candles or uh, Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club.
0: I actually. Um, with my search for this podcast, I actually found out that John Hughes wrote the screenplay, I think, for uh, Breakfast Club First. Is that correct? Yeah, that's Yeah, true. he wrote the screenplay for the Breakfast Club First, and he actually wrote the screenplay in two days, I found out, which is amazing. He wrote the screenplay for the Breakfast Club in two days, but they made him film... Uh, 16 Candles first, is that correct?
1: You know, I keep I keep seeing both things. I keep seeing things that say that he filmed Breakfast Club first, but then they released 16 Candles first. That I,
0: can't be true because if you look at Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael that's Hall, true. They, they look they're so old. young. They're so much older in the second movie. And I also found out that Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald began to date towards the end of the filming of The Breakfast Club, which I is I find that both huge. unbelievable and nauseating. Nauseating. Because every guy I know had a crush on Molly Ringwald back in the 80s. Did you, Steve? Yeah, the red hair. Yeah. Well, there you go. I have red hair, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> those of you That's who That's why we're are doing this watching. podcast yeah. together. So, um, yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. And, and John Hughes, if you look at all his movies, he used the same, well, he used a lot of the actors over and over and over again. Like Anthony Michael Hall was in 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club and Weird Science. Molly Ringwald, of course, was in Pretty in Pink. 16 Candles, Breakfast Club and you know, he tended to work with a lot of this and actually, you know if you look at Carl the Janitor in The Breakfast Club was actually the older brother who, I mean, the the fiancé of the older sister who, you know, Molly Ringwald's older sister marries Carl the Janitor from The Breakfast <laughs> get, Club. Get and, out. No, in 16 Candles. No. When, they, when her whole family forgets about her birthday in 16 Candles. The oily bohunk. Yes. He's the it's Oily Bohunk. It's because her sister marries Carl the Janitor from The oh, Breakfast geez. Club. I, I, if you watch all of his movies, he tends to use the same actors over and over and over again, which is kind of neat. But um, I okay. Do you know that um, Molly Ringwald actually wanted to play the role of of uh, Ally Sheedy's crazy misfit role in the? No, Best I misfit? didn't know that. I can't did. imagine her in that. No, role. she did, and she she wanted to play that role, uh, she, uh, but John Hughes had already promised it to to Allie Sheedy and uh, they were going to switch roles and swap roles and Ally Sheedy was really panicky because she knew that she could not play Claire the, the little prissy snobby princess girl who eats the sushi. <laughs> she eats the su- I forgot about the sushi. Yeah, she eats the sushi and I also found out that they 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 outfitted her in all Ralph Lauren clothes from the only at the time back in the 80s the only Ralph Lauren store that they had in Chicago where they filmed everything. They bought all Ralph Lauren clothes for Molly, Molly Ringwald to wear. Let
1: me ask you this. Did you even know what sushi was when you first saw that movie? I actually
0: had like, heard of sushi but I didn't know what it was of course everybody eats sushi now yeah. but it was funny because they picked sushi to have her be so you know so upper crust and so elitist and now everybody eats sushi it's so what, one of my
1: other favorite movies from the 80s um, Valley Girl also has a big oh, yeah. sushi scene yeah, in it yeah. and, I, and at the time I was still baffled like what the heck is sushi I have no clue
0: right okay Nicolas Cage was in Valley Girl do you know that they uh, he auditioned for the role of Bender which went to Judd Nelson no I didn't know that okay. I
1: know I know that if you if you watch uh, Fast Times Richmond High you'll see Nicolas Cage uh, playing next to Judge uh, Reinhold in the uh, All American Burger, he's on the grill. He goes by oh, his wow. goes by his original name, uh, Nicholas Coppola. Coppola.
0: Coppola. Coppola, Coppola. Yeah, Coppola. Coppola. Yeah, and uh, also. Um who else auditioned for Bender? It was a big role. A lot of young Cusack, guys. Wasn't yeah, John, my, John my Cusack? Wasn't
1: John Cusack my favorite actor of all time? But they didn't think
0: he looked mean enough.
1: No. no. Lloyd Lloyd Dobler could Lloyd, never play Lloyd. John Bender.
0: And, of course, John Cusack was also in 16 Candles. He was one of the big geeks. One of the geeks in the beginning, and sure. those weird, crazy things on his head. The Geek Brothers. Yeah. Um, We were thinking um, If you look There's a lot of things That we've uh, I was searching For some interesting things For those of us Who after this podcast Are going to go back And watch the movie I found some really neat things That you can watch If in the opening Of the movie Where they go around The high school And kind of show you Some things When Now that we know The plot of the movie And I'm going to give Steve a little quiz here Why everybody was in detention And maybe he can remember um, They'll show you some Lockers and things in the beginning of the movie You see different shots of the school hallways And stuff You can see and I'm going to give away why one guy Was in detention right now Actually do you remember why the Emilio Estevez Character was in detention The Steve? jock right He was the jock the And his jock, name was Andy, or Andy. Andrew. I, Now that
1: I would never have been able to answer But I can tell you why he was oh, in wait, detention Oh wait wait
0: wait 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 That's not him It was actually Bender Why was Bender in detention The <sighs> Judd Nelson character
1: ben- skipping, skipping or no. smoking No No I uh, I don't know. This is the quiz right now. Go ahead. Bender was
0: in detention because he pulled a false fire alarm. Oh, okay. Why was Brian in detention? Brian's the nerd? Yeah. What did he do?
1: Didn't he destroy a statue that he made in pottery class? No.
0: A flare gun went off in his locker.
1: Uh, But I thought that was... Oh, because he was going to... But wasn't he going to shoot his... his elephant-shaped lamp that he made
0: something <laughs> weird like that it's weird the flare gun goes off in his locker that's it but so if you look in the beginning of the movie they, they show you different shots of the school hallway and the classrooms and everything you can see what the flare gun did to Bronn's Really, locker. i have to watch that see, now, I, never I never knew that. that i never ever knew that in these whole 20 years so when i go and watch the movie again uh in the next few days i'm going to look for that and if you also look in the beginning of the movie they're going to show you a picture a former Sherburne High School student, Man of the Year. If you look at the picture closely, it's actually a picture of the youthful Carl, the janitor. The oily he's a, Yeah, again? he's the Man of the Year. So look, look for those things. Okay, more stuff. Why was Andy in detention?
1: He's the jock, right? Yeah.
0: Come and, on, you'll remember. Oh, this one
1: because he taped. Uh, yeah. He taped another guy's butt cheeks together yeah, with, with duct tape. tape. <laughs> yeah, that's and classic. And Claire,
0: what did she do? This is very typical.
1: Uh, didn't she like skip school to go shopping? She'll go shopping, yeah. exactly.
0: And the last one, Ali Sheedy's character, Allison. She's
1: was, not there for any reason. Exactly. She just showed up because she had so nothing else sad. to do. She
0: didn't have anything else that's the, to do. On that's the big Saturday. dramatic moment of the movie. And I it love it. we was so sad. And when, when, didn't they ask her something? What do, what do they do to you, your parents? And what did they say? Was she say something like they ignore me or something? They, something like that. But I don't it's so remember. sad. Her life was so sad. She's only in detention because. She doesn't have anything else to do. At the end of the, um, at the end of the movie, when Brian, the Anthony Michael Hall, the geeky guy, his father comes to pick him up. Who's who's the cameo?
1: Oh, I know this one. It's John Hughes, it's John the director Hughes
0: himself, the A greatest hero. director of all. time. <laughs> well,
1: the greatest director between 1981 and 1989, anyway. Exactly. He's, lately, he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. He's done some writing credits in Hollywood, but that's about it. You, you know, one point I want to make about this movie before we have to wrap it up. John Hughes movies are notoriously have great music and fantastic soundtracks. I mean, I think Pretty in Pink is a okay movie, but it has the best soundtrack. But Breakfast Club has got the worst soundtrack. It, it's got the best song because it's got "Don't You Forget About Me," but it's got—if you look at the soundtrack—nothing else will even ring a bell. Strange.
0: It is pretty strange. Um, did you know that the, we were talking about this too? The uh, "Don't You Forget About Me." They uh wanted maybe Billy Idol to sing it. Then they thought maybe Brian Ferry from Roxy Music. How did it get to, to Jim Kerr and Simple Minds? I
1: think didn't it go to someone gave it to his wife, Chrissy Hines of I the Pretenders was the offered it and she said she didn't want it but wanted them to offer it to her yeah. husband at Simple Minds. And it ends up becoming their greatest one of their probably their greatest hit.
0: Here's one question I'm going to leave everybody with before we wrap it up. There is no answer, but what do you think happened on Monday at school when they all went back to school? Ah,
1: something to think about exactly. till next week.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Fantastic, this has been great. Next week, we're going to, when we get together for Stuck in the 80s, we're going to talk about Paul Enka's new album, which sounds nothing like the 80s, but when you find out what's on it, you're going to scream in terror.
0: I don't know.
1: Uh, let's say cover some Cure songs, some uh, Billy Idol little bit of uh, Bon Jovi and Spando Ballet. I've
0: got to hear it.
1: <laughs> You've got to hear it, but then you're going you're gonna to come and pound me in the head for showing it to you. Oh, my God. Anyway, so this has been uh, Stuck in the 80s. Come back next week for more.